Timbers family, and welcome to episode 29 of the CT Conversations podcast, where we, you guessed it, explore more what we are learning together as a church. My name is Ian Harbour. I'm your host. And today I have Jamie Mullins on. Jamie, of course, is our Lake Cities campus pastor and our leadership development pastor. And man, I love this conversation that we had today. We are talking through Toby's latest message in the 40 series, where he talks about the manifest presence of God. What does that mean? Great question. We're going to talk about it. If you haven't listened to his message yet, I would highly recommend you go back on the podcast and listen to it. One, because it will give context for this conversation. And two, it is just so good. It's a can't miss. Go back and check it out. So anyways, just going to hop right into it. Here's my conversation with Jamie Mullins. Enjoy. Okay. Welcome back, Jamie. Thank you, Ian. I'm so excited to be here. How's it going? It's going great. I am loving these cooler temps. I right? love seasons and we don't get them very often in Texas. No. So it's exciting to have some cooler temps. I feel like fall came way quicker than normal. It did. And I hear that that means we're going to also have an actual winter. Yay. My kids are praying for some snow days. So yes. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> this this type of weather is so divisive because for me and like for you too, like yes. this is my weather. Like yes. this is But so many people, my wife included, it's like, nope, bring the sun back. I'm like, "Uh -uh, Mm uh-uh. So many people are like, I live in Texas for a reason. (laughs) I like the heat, but I'm all for the four seasons. No, this is it for me. I love it. (laughs) So Jamie, there's so much going on that I... I wish we could talk about it all. Obviously, there's a couple things we can't talk about yet. <laughs> we will talk about later. But something I do want to ask you about is one of one of your roles is over leadership development yes. here at Cross Timbers. Yeah. I just want to hear some updates. What for you is one of the most exciting things going on right now when it comes to leadership development? Goodness, there's so much that's exciting. I think that the biggest thing is what most of our people who are listening today don't know is that over the past year, we have really spent intentional time in developing the leaders that are on our team, mm-hmm. um, our staff team here at Cross Timbers. And um, we've been developing these tools and resources to de- be able to develop leaders that are in our church body. And so mm-hmm. we're getting ready to announce all of those things that are gonna be coming in 2019. So what's really cool is that we've, we have this vision of mm-hmm. 10,000 spirit-filled baptized believers committed to meeting the needs of the poor and broken, both locally and around the world. And about a year ago is when Toby, our lead pastor, really solved that as 10,000 leaders, that hmm. um, when God gave the, the great commission to the disciples, he was encouraging them to be leaders that developed other leaders, that they would multiply yeah. so that they could, could reach the ends of the earth. And so- that 10,000 vision really is 10,000 leaders. And so we are developing tools and resources to be able to equip the 10,000, to be able to multiply mm. their influence, their what they have, what God's put in them so that they can make a difference here at Cross Timbers, but also in the places that he's put them. We know we were developed on purpose for a purpose. And so we want to be able to help our people to take what God has put in them mm-hmm. into the places that they already are. So. Yeah. It's that's, gonna be a great year. That's awesome. So yes. how would you define leaders? Because I feel like some people, they, they hear like, you're a leader and they, they might go, no, I'm not. You know what I mean? Just I because of that, their personality. Yes. So 
what would you, obviously we're, that's part of the whole deal is yeah. equipping and developing that. But like, what would you say to that person that just feels like they're not a leader? Cause I totally get mm-hmm. that, I, you know, so. I was that person for a long time yeah. and I would have said, I'm not a leader. I don't have a microphone. Right? I'm not on a platform. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have a group of people that I'm teaching. So I'm not a leader, but we all, like every single person is influencing someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we are all leading someone. Yeah. We might not be the best leaders, but we're all leading someone. We all have influence that God has given us. And so whether we want to believe it or not, mm-hmm. we are all leading someone somewhere. And so it, taking what God has put in us, he's given us this great commission to go and multiply and to lead others through the way that he defines a leader. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a shift in um, how do I influence others? And so what we wanna do is come alongside of people to first help them identify, yes, I'm a leader, mm-hmm. I do have influence, but now how can I develop those those things that God's already placed in me to be an effective leader for the kingdom where he's where he's put me. Yeah, I think that's a big what you just said because like you said, we're all leaders leading, we're all leading people somewhere right? Um, just by living our lives and mm-hmm. it's intentional or unintentional. And so it's like the, the switch that we're trying to flip is one, let's make it intentional, right? Yes. And then two, let's lead people to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, lead people in the way that Jesus called us all to live and to lead and, and all that different stuff. And yeah. so I think that's what's really big is, first of all, the awareness that no matter who you are, whether you know it or not, you are leading someone somewhere. Absolutely, <laughs> so I tell my daughter, she's 10 and she's a leader yeah. where she is in the classroom God's placed her in and with the, the people he has her with. And so it's not leading like the world would teach us to lead. I've been yeah. reading Matthew chapter five a lot. And mm. I think that's like leadership 101 yeah. chapter in the Bible where God's like, he, Jesus is showing us all these principles of what being a kingdom leader looks like. Mm-hmm. It's different than what the world would say, but it's what we need to, it's what we need to focus on as believers and followers of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it's the Sermon on the Mount. It's uh-huh. like ground zero for yep. Jesus' teachings on leaders and disciples of, that are following him. Yep. And one thing I love about the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus, a lot of times the Bible paints Jesus as the true and better Moses, mm. you know? And it says that he went up on the Mount and sat down and taught his disciples, just like Moses went up to Mount Sinai yeah. and heard from God and came back down with the, God's teachings. And I think that leads us into sort of what we're talking about today. I yeah. mean, cause we're in 40 in Exodus and the Toby's message that oh, he shared my on goodness. this weekend was so what good. A word. If you have, I'm just telling everybody that's listening, if you have not listened to this message yet, you need to go online onto our app and watch this message because I couldn't take notes fast enough. It was such it's a so powerful good. word. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I don't know how much of our conversation will make sense if you haven't listened to right? it. Because Toby introduced some some really amazing concepts. I mean, he he really dove into a lot of things, especially when it comes to God's presence. Yes. I was learning things and like he sort of talked about how there's three um, expressions, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, of God's presence, yep. God's omnipresence, which, um, you know, that's like the obvious, where's God? God's everywhere. You know, <laughs> like he, he's everywhere all at once. That's how he's God, yeah. um, you know, but then there's God's indwelling presence, which is his spirit in us mm-hmm. um, that's empowering us. And, and we'll talk about that. And then his manifest presence, right. which being totally honest, like I don't know much about God's manifest presence. It's mm-hmm. kind of a new concept for me. And that's kind of like a, a thick, tangible expression of God's yeah. presence in the here and now. And so I want to um I want to talk about all those things in this conversation with you Jamie. So when we start out just first talking about 
your life and, and experiencing God's presence in your life. Because what Toby talked about, and this is from Exodus. Yeah. When, and he said like, they're, they're marching in towards the promised land. But Moses says like, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't wanna go. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can get the promised land and you can get all the gifts of God, but you can do all that without God's presence. Right. And that's scary, scary honestly. Yeah. So I wanna kind of hear just like yeah. a personal story from you, Jamie, of a time where you realized or it was important to you where God's presence and the experience of God's presence was more important to you, more real to you um, than any gifts that he gave you or any giftings that he's given to you, that it was his presence that really got you through that time. Yeah, I, um, so, Some of you may not know in my former life, (laughs) I was a worship leader. So um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, in fact, from the time that I was little, my mom said that I was singing before I could talk, that it was like from the moment that I was born, I was singing and I was always in choirs and actually was a vocal performance major in college. And so my whole life was centered around music, really. I can totally see that. I just had no idea. Yeah. Like around my grandmother's piano and so I actually had it spoken over me several times throughout my childhood and my youth that God was gonna use my voice to reach the nations. And mm. so the natural thought in my head was I was singing. singing. Like, I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna mm-hmm. lead worship. And so I um, spent a lot of time developing that gift. I knew that it was a gift that God had given me. And so I led worship um, at other churches and also here at Cross Timbers. And mm-hmm. there was um, there were moments that I could feel like the, the tangible presence, that manifest presence mm-hmm. of God as I was leading worship. And it was such a powerful thing. But something that happened over the years was that I started to worship the gift more than the giver. Mm. I started to allow my ego to get puffed up. It started instead of where my focus started of keeping God in the spotlight, I started wanting the spotlight more than I wanted him to be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And so the gift became what was important to me. And my identity started getting wrapped up in what I was doing instead of who I was doing it for. And um, there's, a, there's actually a, a verse in, a couple of verses in John chapter six, verses 26 and 27, Jesus is, this is right after the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus has walked on the water. And so the disciples have seen Jesus do all this amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And he, he tells them, Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. For on him, God has placed, God the father has placed a seal of approval. Mm-hmm. And so with this gift that God had given me, it wasn't for me, it was for his glory, but I started to look for the bread and not the giver of the bread. I started to wrap up everything in that. And so when our daughter Katie was born, I had a season that I needed to take a break and I stepped away from leading. And it was during that season of quietness that he started to, to reveal to me that it, I was making it about the gift and not the giver. Mm. And he started to convict my heart of places that pride was taking over and that I was no longer in him. I was, it was about this gift he had given me. And so I remember one day falling on my face, just in tears, like, Lord, I, I don't want this anymore. Like if, if, if this gift is gonna keep me from being fully in you and, and from having your presence be the thing that I'm after, then I want you to take it away. I want you to just take away the desire to even do it. And he actually he did. Yeah. So there was, I, it was through circumstances like, 
coming back and they're not being as many opportunities to lead, which hurt. But then also like this, this, this desire that I always had to sing, I noticed it, it really wasn't there anymore because I was more focused on his presence than I was on the present that he was giving me. And so, um, over time, God shifted where my focus was. And so while I still love to worship, that gift is no longer, it's crazy. Moses still got to get, he, God's presence still went with him and the people. In my case, mm-hmm. like the gift wasn't, it, it wasn't, it's not important to me anymore because yeah. he's more important. And there's this song Natalie Grant wrote, which I think it goes along with Toby's um, illustration in the message also. Um, she has a song called More Than Anything. And the, the chorus says, help, help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the savior more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. Help me want you Jesus more than anything. And those lyrics, like that's exactly what, we need to be after him and not the things he's giving us or the places he's taking us or the things he's delivering us from because that's where freedom is. So um, yeah, that would be my personal story. Yeah, well, and I think that's huge too because a lot of times, obviously God gives all of us gifts, right. you know, and we're meant to use those. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially once we start to grow in it and start to develop that, a lot of times it's, it's so easy to take the gift that God has given us and try to like use that gift as our savior rather than service to the savior, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I think we see that all over the place, even, even in the garden of Eden, right? Right. I mean, they, they take the fruit from the tree that they weren't supposed to um, It's something that God made and they took it for themselves to be like God. And then the first thing they do is they try to, you know, sow fig leaves and fix it themselves. And it's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't try to fix this. Don't try to, you know, like I've got this, like I gave you, all these other things and you used it to take the one thing I didn't give you. you know? right. And like, I, um, I think that's just what's really important because you know, I, what, what Toby said was that God's not just like this genie that grants all your wishes, but right. he's a king that's overall and he's a father to love, yeah. you know? And there's a relational aspect that has to be there. Mm-hmm. I think we've all been in those types of relationships before where you know, someone, we, so either someone, or it could be either one of us, but like we've poured out and given and given and given, and that person just takes and takes and yes. takes and never gives back. Right. And we do that all the time with God. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things where we're meant to cultivate a relationship with God, where those gifts um, supplement that and they help the world around us, obviously, and they help our faith, right. but um, it's not the relationship itself. It's sort of the overflow of yes. that relationship. Yeah, yeah so good. So So good. Yeah, I think that's great. And so I want to talk about the indwelling presence of God because I think this is one, just the way I've I've was raised, the more um, the one that I'm more familiar with when Mm -hmm. it comes to the indwelling presence of God. And I do think it's extremely important. So let's talk about God's indwelling presence, the spirit in us. What do we need to know about that? What is it? And how does that change how we live every day? Well, can we first start with like, wow, like (laughs) we get to be the place that God resides in us, the God that like hung the moon and the stars in the sky, like the God that knows every hair on our head that like literally is over everything would choose to want to live in me blows my mind. Like that alone is just, it, it's, it's a wow moment for me. So, and the other, the cool thing is that he doesn't just want to rent space. 
Mm-hmm. Like he, it's not a temporary thing where it's like, he's just gonna come when things are hard or he's gonna be there when we think we need him. Mm-hmm. He he lives in us. He's It's it's constant, it's not ever changing. And he is with us everywhere that we go. Mm-hmm. He's he's with us at work, he's with us at home. He's with us when we sleep, when we're in the car, when we're, he's, he's always there. So that indwelling presence, he actually resides in us and goes with us everywhere that we go. So to say that it changes everything is a little, little bit of an under an understatement. understatement I know right? <laughs> it literally changes everything yeah so I think the other thing is that also to keep we didn't talk about this this weekend but that it all started at the cross like mm. we can't have the indwelling presence of God without what happened on the cross so the so? Israelites yeah. like they had they got to follow the presence of God mm-hmm. through a cloud and through this pillar that they were following. But when when Jesus died, he said that it was better that he went so that the helper could come. Mm-hmm. And so without his gift on the cross, I don't get the indwelling presence. Like it's not even an option for me. So to to put in put, to put that into perspective that because of what he did for me, I get access to the helper that's with me always mm-hmm. and is living inside of me. I think that's a big point because in the Old Testament and all these stories that we're reading Exodus right now, exactly what you said, the spirit of God was with his people. Yeah, you know what I mean? And in the, well, and even like present in the tabernacle mm-hmm. and later on in the temple, you know, in the camp, they're following him. Yeah, um, God is always with his people, but through Christ, it's exactly that. It's that God doesn't just with you, that he's actually in you, mm-hmm. empowering you every single day. Um, and what uh, some teachers that I love and, and have taught me, one thing they talk about is that the spirit in us always applies the work of Christ to our life. Mm. And so, um, you know, Ephesians one talks about how the Holy Spirit is our seal of salvation. The fact that you're even saved and know you're saved is because the Holy Spirit is in you and has sealed you yeah. and is applying all of the work of Christ on the cross to your life. Like if you feel any like, good thing in you, any moment where you're like, man, I actually did handle that the way Jesus would handle that. <laughs> like, that's the Holy Spirit in Absolutely. you, you know, empowering you. And every time you fail, it's the spirit comforting you and pulling you along another step. Yes. And I think, um, you know, and sometimes it doesn't feel like that. And, and another helpful thing for me is the difference between union and communion. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we don't feel communion with the spirit so, or, or God at all. You know, like sometimes we feel far and we feel far away, but that doesn't mean we're not united with God right. and we're not united with him in the spirit. Yeah. Um, and it's about fostering that communion, but that that unity never goes away. It doesn't because he's, he's always there once we accept him. And I think the other thing, I loved what Toby said this weekend that, we, we've got to, as if we are followers of Jesus, if we are following him and we are finding freedom in mm-hmm. our walk, which is what we're after, yeah. then we, we've got to stop always asking to be filled because we are. You are We filled. have him, we yeah. have been filled. And so it's got to go from, Lord, fill me with your spirit, which there are moments, like Toby said, that we need a fresh filling. Like yeah. we need to ask him for more of his spirit. I need more communion. Yes, with him. I need exactly. more. But we've got to move from that to, God, now let your spirit flow out of me mm-hmm. because I am a leader, because mm-hmm. I do have influence. I need to take what you've put in me, the indwelling of your presence. And when I walk into a room, the room changes because I carry his presence with me. And so that indwelling presence presence, the difference that it makes is that when we enter a room, we carry the presence with us. And so Mm -hmm. the atmosphere of that room is going to change because his spirit is flowing out of us into the environments that we walk into. Exactly. It says that we're the aroma of Christ, Mm. which comes from the spirit. It's that that when we, 
it's, I love that, that metaphor. It's like, we smell like Christ. You know what I mean? It's like, we've been with him so much and we're so close to him that he's like rubbed off on us, yeah. you know? And it's flowing out yeah. to wherever we may find ourselves. Yeah. And I've been thinking about that filling of the spirit a lot too, because I say that, you know, and, and I've been thinking about this a ton, how maybe it's not necessarily, I need to be filled with the spirit more. Like I am filled with the spirit right yeah. now, but it's, I need to walk in the spirit. That's and good. that feels like, a big difference mm-hmm. to me. It's a huge difference. Um, yeah. Of, of just like, it's not that I don't have the empowerment of the spirit right now. It's that I need to walk in step with it. Yeah. I need to foster that. That's good. So when we talk about the manifest presence of uh-huh. God, I re- and I might need your help here, Jamie, because I really, this is a newer thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not very familiar with it. And I told Toby that after I was like, I don't really know much about that. Um, right. Well, even the word manifest yeah. is like, manifest. what? We don't use that word. What does that even mean? Yeah. And I know we've talked about it a little bit, but how would, I want to hear from you. How would you define God's manifest presence? Because I do struggle to, to grasp a definition of it a little bit. So I will tell you that it's definitely, I think it's something that we all experience maybe not on a daily basis, but a regular basis. When you are, you're confident without a shadow of a doubt that you, it's the feeling of God's presence. Like when you're in worship and you like cry or you Mm -hmm. are full of joy or full of peace because you are experiencing that communion with the spirit where Mm -hmm. there's that moment that, that it's like, oh, I feel, Feel him, and and Toby talked about the the Quakers that they would experience the, the thickness of God's presence. Mm, I love that phrase too. That thickness, yes. Like that's I, yeah. I think that's really powerful imagery. And and that we have the ability to experience the manifest presence because of what we talked about just a second ago. Because this the same power that conquered the grave lives inside of us. We have access to that manifest presence of God all the time. I'll tell you that the place that I experienced it the most. It was the most evident to me, Mm -hmm. which it's not super easy for you to go experience for yourself. But I recently went to Uganda with my husband. And while we were there in in the country of Uganda, there is this simple faith in the gospel. Mm. And the the manifest presence of God was so, um, it was so tangible because they are so dependent on his presence. Mm-hmm. They don't have the the luxury of the convenience that we have. And so they were they were so dependent on him to show up in every moment for them that you could feel his presence everywhere because they were desperate mm-hmm. to have an encounter with him. And so I because of that because of their desperation to encounter the Lord I, I got to be a recipient of what they were seeking because mm-hmm. they were desperate for it and they were worshiping. And I'll tell you, we, we got to do camp with these kids there in Uganda and um, through our ministry partner, God Care School. And they would worship for two hours every morning and two hours every night at mm-hmm. camp. And mm-hmm. never once was it ever, like they were always had so much energy because they were seeking his presence. Wow. And these kids, they knew the word of God. It wasn't like a knowing like, oh, I'm gonna memorize a Bible verse every week. Right. They had God's word written on their hearts. So like soaked in it. Yes, yeah. and and they could, they could recite a whole chapter of the Bible, but they did it with passion in their hearts because they knew it. Like it wasn't a knowing in their heads, it was a knowing that was deep in their souls. Mm-hmm. And so it was in seeking his presence and the desperation of God, you've got to show up. It was in the, the knowing his word we got to see miracles because mm-hmm. the manifest presence was showing up because they were so hungry for more of him. And so I got to experience it in a way that I never had before that changed me forever. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear stories like that, it does always seem like they are 
in another country, you know, and usually in, in not so much of a developed country is like America or the UK or right. something like that. Do you think that's because over here in the West, we are just sort of the water we swim in is more of a naturalistic, skeptical of the supernatural, skeptical of any sort of God breaking into the everyday, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I feel like it's not that that stuff doesn't happen. Obviously it does. Absolutely. And over here, you know, yeah. but every time I hear, it seems like everyone who goes overseas yeah. is like, it's stories like that. It's like, man, left and right, everything's happening. People are, you know, and then you get back here and it's like, I also Every think now and it's, then. The pay, it's the pace of life that we yeah. live at. And we are able to, and I'm so grateful for everything that we have mm-hmm. um, oh, absolutely. access to, yeah. but we can create stuff for ourselves. I mean, like in my story that I shared earlier with yeah. this gift that God had given me, like I was able to do a lot with it because mm-hmm. I was in control of it. And mm. I could create this world for myself that I wanted to. Whereas in a developing country, like they're dependent on him for their next meal, right. if, like for their next like where they're gonna like sleep. Like, so they're they're fully dependent on him for everything. And that doesn't mean we can't live with that same, we need to live with that same dependence on God. I just think that we have things that may distract us. Yeah, and we'll, we have this illusion of self-sufficiency too, right. you know, because we don't, we're not, most of us aren't dependent on our next meal or, uh, you know, because yeah. we know what it is or we can go buy Chick-fil-A, praise right. the Lord, or, you know, just anything else. But they have that dependency of like, if, man, if it weren't for the Lord, like I may not make it through today. That whole, if your presence doesn't go with me, yeah, like it's it. a literal yeah. thing for them. That's good. Like they need his presence forever. And we do too. Like yeah. we're not separated from that. I just got to see it in such a beautiful way. So a couple of things that I brought back with me yeah. from Africa was to develop this hunger for more of him mm. and the main place. And Toby talked about it yes, yesterday or Sunday for those of you who are listening later in the week. Um, he talked about this, like it's through worship that we can really experience the manifest presence of God. And mm. so developing this this rhythm of worship in my life and to, to for no other reason, I'm not asking him to do anything for me. I'm not mm-hmm. taking my request before him. I'm just telling him how much I love him yeah. and, and spending time in worship, whether it's through writing in my journal or actually singing that I'm worshiping him. Mm-hmm. And then I experience his presence. And then also this writing his word on my heart, not in my head, yeah. but on my heart, like those two disciplines, that require discipline yeah. have helped me to experience his manifest presence in a new way. And we've got a really, we've got a worship night coming up here pretty soon That's at exciting. the Argyle campus that I, I think I know the day. Let's see. I think it's November 6th. Yes, November 6th. You got it here at the Argyle campus. Yeah. Um, it's So we've got a worship night coming up. And um, so if you're like, well, I don't even know what that looks like. Come and join us for that night and out. experience the manifest presence of God mm. as, as a group of believers, as we declare who he is. And then mm-hmm. um, I think writing his word on our hearts can help us to experience his presence in any way too. That's good because it is difficult to, when you're, again, when you're talking about the manifest presence, it's like that thickness of his, that here and now-ness of yeah. God's presence. And it, it's hard to experience that every day, but I think part of what you're saying and what Toby's saying is how can we cultivate the soil of our lives mm-hmm. to be as fertile as possible yeah. to experience God's presence? Because every time you encounter God and look at it in the Bible, every time God's presence someone encounters it, they are changed. They're changed. They're changed. Yes. And they're shaped by it. We and can't leave his presence unchanged. Exactly. And so I think that's that, that growing faith of one expectation of 
God's going to show up, right. like he will. And two, how can I, through praise and worship, through scripture reading, through community, through all these different practices that we mm-hmm. talk about, how can we cultivate the soil of our lives to where when God shows up, it's like, of course, of yeah. course he showed up. And I think that's really powerful. And it does take discipline, like you said, but it's a, it's a relationship right. and every relationship takes yeah. time and it takes work. That's right. So good. So. I love it, Jamie. What else would you say just to wrap up here? I mean, if you were to word of encouragement or charge or, you know, what would you say? I think a word of encouragement, one of the things that I I haven't personally walked through, but that Toby really shared his heart this weekend is that if you, you aren't feeling God's presence and if you're waiting on whether it's a physical healing, if you're waiting on him to show up, to bring you through something, but you're not, you're not feeling him. Mm-hmm. You're not feeling his presence. We don't. We don't have to go off a of feeling. Like we go off of what's true. Yeah. And so the truth is, God is with you, and He's for you. He's developed. He's He has made you on purpose for a purpose. And so don't lose heart in the season of waiting. And know that if you will focus more on the healer and not the healing, if you'll focus more on the the deliverer than the, the deliverance, that you, if you focus more on Him and seeking Him. He's gonna bring freedom and freedom may not look like what you think it looks like in this moment, but he's gonna bring it. And regardless of what it looks like, his presence is with you. So so know that he's with you and he's for you. And um, yeah, I just encourage everybody, go listen to that message a few more times because <laughs> it was yeah. powerful. I totally agree. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. You're always so fun to have on. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> gift that God can give us is himself. And a lot of times we spend all of our time seeking after the gifts that God can give us when the main thing he wants to give us is him. And out of that relationship with him come all the gifts that God has for us, all of the blessings and the promises that he can keep for us. So I think what's important and the big takeaway for me from this week is how can I foster that relationship with God. Like Toby and Jamie said, worship and praise and just singing out to Him, whether we're good at it or not, doesn't matter, is one of the best ways that we can express our love for God. So if you are free, and if not, Make time for it on November 6th for our worship night here at the Argyle campus. We had one a few months ago and it was incredible. We're doing it again. So I would love to see you there. I think it would be great for you to come and express your love for God through worship. And like Jamie said, experience the manifest presence of God with our church family together. And if you're listening to this and thinking, man, that sounds great, but I still don't really know what to do. I'll come to the worship night, but how else can I experience God? I would encourage you, if that's you, to go to our Pathway class. It's a two-week class, the first and second weekends of every month, where we go through how to follow Jesus, find freedom, and have someone to know and something to do. It's the four steps that we believe from the Bible that God has given us in order to experience Him and to live as His followers. So if that's you, I would encourage you to go to crosstimberschurch.org slash pathway and sign up for the next round of classes. 
With all that said, we will be back next week for another conversation in our 40 series. Guys, thank you so much for listening every single week. It means a lot. It really does. So with all that said, thanks for listening, and I will see you next week.